Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd, day two, day two of 2024. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad to see you active in the chat. It looks like everyone's kind of back to business today. Yesterday was like an odd day. I was very much in work mode and in like organizing mode. I decided to go crazy and clean out my life and over here, you know, it was kind of a quiet, it was a quiet, not on the YouTube. Trust me, you guys were active and a lot of you listened, but I'm just saying in like the world of online content, it was kind of quiet, but I'm happy that you guys are all here. I'm happy you're all here and welcome. And, and, uh, you know, (laughs) yesterday was a little bit of a vulnerable, honest episode. So go back and listen. If you want to hear, I got so many DMS from you guys that are also trying to kind of change some healthier hat into some healthier habits. Like what are your new year's resolutions? Do we do that? Are we doing new year's resolutions anymore? We moved on from that. I don't like a new year's resolution. It never works out. What's the point to me? What I like looking at is almost more of a, you know, um, uh, a, you know, a kind of like a, uh, like a, maybe a a word, a manifestation that sounds kind of cheesy, but a manifestation of some sort that shares, you know, what we want more of in the next year. A lot of people are using the word abundance. I'm going to use the word simplicity. Does that make sense? The word simplicity, like less. Now I know that abundance should mean like more money, more work, more career, more followers, more all of that. I'm down for that, but I also just want less like chaos, right? Less stress, less stuff, less drama, less problems, minimal. Minimalism. Thank you, Kelly. So thank you so much for being back. Uh, Yesterday, we talked about a ton of things. We talked about a ton of things. And you know, one thing I didn't do was I spoke about, on yesterday's episode, I was talking about Girls Trip Legacy. I didn't realize that there was only, I think, six episodes so far. And now they're going to release new episodes every Thursday. So I'm, I'm caught up. I'm up to date. The last episode I watched yesterday was Luann falling backwards in her chair, followed by Sonia falling backwards in her chair. Now, Luann is so impressive to me in this season of the show. Do you guys feel the same way? I find her to be so, I mean, physically, she is stunning beyond belief, like beyond belief, right? She's gorgeous. Oh, five episodes. Thanks, Josh. So stunning, like hot, sick bod, right? Her skin looks amazing. And I'm shocked how much, how many cigarettes she smokes. She's clearly a cigarette smoker, you guys. Now we can hear it in her voice. We've always been able to know about Luann, Countess. She is a deep throated. Oh, did I say that? A deep voiced woman. But 
I didn't realize that she was an open cigarette smoker. Now, we've seen some housewives smoke cigarettes over the years. Dorit, we've caught a lot of boots on the ground catching Dorit smoke cigarettes. Have you ever seen that? Um, who else do we know that has smoked cigarettes? I mean, no question some of those like Southern Charmers or those um, summer housers, right? Or is it only kind of like the older generation that smokes? For sure, Dorinda smokes cigarettes, right? Doesn't Dorinda 100% smoke cigarettes at the Bluestone Manor all alone at night? No question. So, um, so yeah, Luann is impressive. But I think the most impressive thing about Luann is that she truly does come off like the most grounded, level-headed one of the bunch. Maybe Kristen and Luann both. Don't you guys feel that way? I feel like she is very, um, she's like the good friend. She's the good kind of person to talk to. She's the good kind of connection. She's the good um, helper. She's the good, like, she's just, I don't know. She's fun. She's funny. She's just, in, you know, enjoying her life, living it up on the yachts, cabareting it up left and right. Now, I was thinking about this because they were on this yacht, right? On this last day. I don't know if it was the last day. Whatever it was on this last dinner when they fell backwards into the pool, I mean, into the sand, both Luann and Sonia, they are all so trashed. If you watch that, go back and watch the episode that just the last episode where there, I guess, episode five, where Luann falls backwards. And I truly think that was a mistake. I don't think Luann seemed too drunk. Sonia totally drunkenly falls. Ramona cannot com converse. She cannot have a conversation. Uh, so uh, the butterfly, the man with the butterfly, like she cannot communicate. It's crazy. I don't know if any of you guys felt that way watching. I'm like, oh, all of these women drank way too much today. Dorinda's in her moment, right? Sonia's off in delusion land telling fake stories. It, it's unreal. It's unreal. Now, Luann and Ramona did have an interesting um, kind of transaction, I should say, over Instagram yesterday. So a lot of people have picked this up. I saw it on Bywig, Hello Drama, and Reality Ops, a few of my favorite um, Instagram Bravo creators. Some stuff that they said. Um, Ramona Singer, she posted a picture of her standing in front of a fireplace. It says, wishing you all a blessed and happy new year. This was 18 hours ago. So this is on January 1st. Now, when you see something like this, you absolutely do not think in any way anything of it. Yet, when you zoom in, you do realize that she is standing on some sort of a mantle with a Native American, a picture of a Native American um, man in in a frame, a gorgeous picture actually. And then it looks to be some sort of a, um, you know, Native American tribal like decor. That's all I can really tell from the picture. I don't know specifics about what it is. But the best thing is that when she posts this picture, Countess Luann comments, have you no self-awareness with a face like, you know, an emoji? Because Ramona is the queen of putting her foot in her mouth. Always, right? Always. Ramona cannot ever do anything according to um, like social norms or social like 
she just doesn't, she always takes it a step too far. She always is like somewhat, can be somewhat offensive or like somewhat rude or so, I don't know. I find it so, um, so it's almost like entertaining to see how far Ramona can go. Now, I don't think Ramona takes a picture like that, posts it thinking like, this is going to offend people. I truly believe that she doesn't have any self-awareness, that she takes pictures like this and she posts them and she just wants people to see the best of her and like, look how pretty I look standing in front of this fireplace, not realizing that she's standing in front of like a Native American tribe. It is absolutely so... um so interesting to just see Ramona circle the drain that way. That being said, I do want Legacy to come back at least once a year, if not twice a year, maybe three times a year. And truthfully, I don't want them to change a thing about this cast. I would be bummed if Ramona didn't come back. I have to be honest. I th I find Ramona and Sonia together such an important and integral part of these shows. If Sonia didn't have Ramona, then where... Like Sonia needs a Ramona. Don't you guys agree? It like it works. Crappy Lake didn't work for me. I don't know if it's because it felt so produced and like set up and simple life-ish. And this is just like watching them go through life. But there's something about Ramona and Sonia's kind of like Tweedledee, Tweedledum together that just is so enjoyable to watch. Um, I don't know. Anyway. My friend Aliza said on her Instagram today that watching Girls Trip Legacy is like taking a warm bath, and I'm going to have to agree. I agree. I think watching Legacy is a warm bath and a, um, a, a comfort. It's a place of comfort. Don't you agree? Okay. So next, 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 next. Jeff Lewis. Let's talk about that. Jeff Lewis um, came back to the radio this morning. Now I had heard from someone that is in their inner circle. I said, did Monroe return? And I heard back from this person over the weekend or yesterday, I should say yesterday morning, I believe so. So I assume that that was the case. I think that if Jeff actually like had to call the police or whatever, somehow someone, a chump out there would know, but Jeff Lewis did eventually get Monroe back. He said it today on, on his radio show, um, Sunday. So new year's Eve midday. So she, Monroe was returned and all is hopefully okay in that situation. A lot of you guys, this, this conversation yesterday about divorces and about putting your kids through it, like Kim Zolciak, right? What Kim is going through, what Kyle Richards and Mauricio are kind of going through with Portia with, um, what, uh, what's it called? Um, obviously, Obviously, we're talking about Jeff and Gage, but there's another one. I feel like there's another big divorce that is like looming. I can't remember off the top of my head. But all of these people, like it really triggered a lot of conversation yesterday and comments in my DMs because a lot of you guys can relate, right? Whether or not you personally are going through a really nasty divorce or you were a child of a really high conflict, nasty divorce, maybe your best friend, your sister, your brother is going through something and you see it firsthand. It is so tragic. And one of the comments on my YouTube that just popped up said, um, you know, I'm, I'm really invested in your story. I want to hear more about that story about how you got kicked out. So, um, I'm happy to talk about it. I have no issue talking about it. I think it's crazy. My stories are crazy with my dad, crazy ass shit. So I'm happy to talk about that. And I can on my Patreon. I don't think it's for public, public consumption, but I think for more of a 
private or more private consumption. So I'm going to mention that on this week's um, Patreon. And just to kind of talk about where things have ended up, you would die if you knew some of the stories. Die. Anyway, um, yeah, divorce and co-parenting is not for the um, – it's not easy, I would imagine, just having gone through it. Um, that being said, I am personally – oh, Lisa and Lenny. There you go, Lisa and Lenny. Thank you, guys. I personally do not believe that anyone should stay in a marriage for the kids. Oh, another one is like Tori and Dean, right? Tori Spelling and Dean and like what's going on over there with that brood? And like being put up in hotels, motels, and RVs and stuff, knowing that photographers are all over you. It's pretty crazy. Um, that being said, I also don't believe we should ever stay in marriages that are unhappy. Um, I've mentioned this before. My friend, uh, Olivia, she runs a company called Fresh Starts. They're a former sponsor of my show. And it's a registry for divorced couples, for newly divorced couples. And I think it's actually a really smart idea. It's like if you're going through a divorce – you should be celebrated and not, um, you know, shamed or pushed aside because usually you get a divorce because you're looking for something better, right? Like happier or whatever. But whenever there's kids involved and then the fact like I really and a lot of you guys are shocked that I said this out loud because you all think that I'm just such a wannabe uh, chump. But I truly think Jeff Lewis is making big mistakes talking about it so publicly. There is no way, no way in hell that Monroe doesn't grow up to find out all these stories were put out there. And I just personally, um, I don't see the positive there. I don't see the positive of talking about it other than trying to get um, like public support, right? And I think that that's why people do these things. They like talk horrible crap about their exes or the, you know, the, parent of their kids, if they're going through it, they talk really, really badly about them because they, um, because, um, okay. So sorry, because they don't, they don't want to, um, you know, they want people to hate the person that they hate right? They want public opinion to sway their way. And I get it. I get it. If you feel like someone's wronged you, and I feel like if you feel like someone is is going through, you know, something really, really challenging, or if you really are unhappy with your ex or the person that you know that you're in conflict with, I can understand the point of wanting to tell everyone everything. However, I do believe there is a world where especially when kids are involved, you have to protect them from learning all the bad. We're seeing this live on um, Beverly Hills right now on Real Housewives, right? With Garcelle and her two older teenage sons where she was like really, really openly, um, she shouted it from the rooftop and sent a, pu a very public email to the baby daddy's um, like work. He was a big agent. I think he still is big agent. And he sent, she sent an email to like all of his agents, right? All of his work coworkers when they were going through their drama and the kids grew up and now are saying as teenagers, like we knew it all. We Googled it. 
Like we saw it, it was out there. So if you're, if you're not a public person, that's one thing. If you are a public person and you are doing some sort of a, um, public show where you know that everyone and anyone has access to hearing. And even if they don't have access to hearing it, they'll read about it on Reddit or they'll watch shows like mine where they talk about it. It is so damaging. It is so damaging. And that's the moment where you have to say the kid is more important than my ego, right? And yes, thank you for joining my Patreon, Gene. I will talk more about it. And I think the reason why I think it's an important thing is I grew up constantly hearing negative things about my mom and my dad from each other on a daily basis. Horrible, negative, awful things, right? And it's too much for a kid. How can you, how can you like grow up trusting the people around you if you only hear that they're awful, right? Now, selfishly, we want the drama, right? This is where it gets hard because as content consumers, as people that love Bravo and love Real Housewives and love the drama, reality show drama, um, me, we want to hear all the drama. It's like a car crash. You don't want to look away, but you know you shouldn't, but you want to look, but you shouldn't, right? So it really truly feels a... uh a very, very tricky thing because he knows, Jeff knows that his audience wants it, right? I'm sure his numbers are huge when he talks about this stuff. However, like Bethany Bethany needs to step in, right? She was all about protecting the kids. Anyway, it's really tricky. I, it doesn't, and it's not about who's right and who's wrong. That's the thing. Like a comment says right now, I love Jeff. I find him actually kind, funny, generous, and only wanting the very best for his daughter. That may be true, but by doing this stuff, you're not doing the very best for your daughter. You are, you are sharing what you believe that you are the better parent and you're doing something that really means like you're, you're almost, how can I explain this? You're almost like singing your praises which I do believe Jeff is a better parent than Gage, in my opinion. But is that best for Monroe? Okay. Anyway, all I know is that Monroe is in first grade, I believe. I think she's seven years old. My son right now is in third grade. Like, she's very close to that. He knows everything. Like, he hears everything. And like, at one point, didn't Jeff already say one time that Monroe was at school and like one of the kids said something to Monroe about her dad? Like there is no way that as, I mean, he has a TV show on right now. A lot of Monroe's friends' parents are probably watching his show. Oh, isn't that Monroe's dad? You know? Anyway, it's tough, you guys. It is really tough. I'm just glad that there had to be no arrests, FBI orders, any of that. Um, and yeah, there's that. Okay. You guys wanted to know, so I shared it with you. Other than that, no major drama over in the Jeff Lewis land for today. I think at this point, everything is a little bit calmed down. Now, we didn't get to talk so much about Southern Charm last week, or it's yesterday. And last week, I watched um, Southern Charm. I finished Southern Charm or got to where we are now, which is at the end of Jamaica. They just got back from Jamaica. Now, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Let me set the scene for you guys. When the episode opens, they're at this final dinner. I think it's a final dinner where Taylor finally stands up in front of everyone, in front of all, you know, Craig, Shep, JT, 
I think Whitney's there, all the drunkies, and then Madison and Vanita and Olivia. And she stands up and she says, I don't know what else to do. All I can do is say, I'm sorry. I've apologized 5 million times. I am so sorry. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. Have you ever been in a situation where you apologize for something that you did wrong and the person not only doesn't accept your apology, which is okay, but like attacks you as if you aren't taking responsibility for the apology. Now, I have to be 100% honest. Did Taylor do something effed? Sure. Is Olivia going a little too hard on her, in my opinion? Mm -hmm. I think. I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I think that Olivia is maybe taking a lot of inner frustration about Austin and Olivia is may, maybe taking a lot of um, like pent up emotions about uh, her brother and is maybe putting it all on Taylor. Now, what happened is after this conversation where Olivia was so mad at her anyway, oh, oh, Taylor did do something effed real bad during this moment. So she's apologizing, apologizing, and apologizing. And then Olivia asked something. There's something upsetting to Olivia that she talked to her brother about it. So her brother, Taylor's brother, who we also have found out since, has sadly also passed away. Right? I'm not making that up. I'm 99% sure that happened also because I remember Shep talking about it at BravoCon that he was wearing Taylor's brother's shoes. I, I I hope I'm not getting that wrong, but I'm pretty sure, which is crazy. Such a horrible, horrible coincidence, right? Yes, he did pass. Thank you. So Olivia is upset because she asked Taylor, did you speak to anyone about it? Taylor said, yes, I spoke to my brother about it, who is like my best friend. Anyone that has siblings can probably attest, close relationships with their siblings can attest to you tell them everything, right? So then, then Taylor did say something that I can see why Olivia got very upset in this moment. She said something like, I think you would understand too, because it's my brother, like you with your brother, basically trying maybe in a weird way to relate to Olivia. Like, you know, how close brothers and sisters can be. But it was just, it's just horrible timing and it's coming from a very, very bad source, right? Like at this point, Olivia is feeling very hurt by Taylor. She's very upset with Taylor. That is not what Taylor should have said. Okay. Now. Ah, okay. Now. Taylor, Olivia gets very upset and she leaves the table, right? She's very upset. Taylor goes and gets on a phone call with her brother who already knows the whole situation. And Taylor in this situation was very obviously feeling very isolated, alone, and like attacked, right? I'm not saying that anything Taylor did was right. I'm just saying at what point do does Olivia just say like, okay, like I'm not a fan of you. I'm upset with you. And let's just move on. 
right? I don't know. But anyway, so Taylor's on this FaceTime with her brother being filmed, clearly being filmed. And she doesn't realize that Olivia's right next door. She's on her balcony and she's hearing Taylor talk to her brother, which, and Taylor is saying to her brother, I don't even think it's that bad because Olivia and Austin were never even that serious. Well, that is ridiculous. Obviously, it's not the truth. And it's minimizing the reality, right? So you can see why Olivia got re-triggered and re-angered. I just wonder, like, what do you do if you're Taylor in this situation, right? What do you do if you screwed up? Now you're on a show with people and you're on this vacation because it's your job to be on vacation with these people. And you realize you screwed up and you are apologetic and you are, you know, I think apologetic. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys don't think, maybe you don't think Taylor feels sorry. I, I do. I didn't the first couple times, but this last episode I did. And she is openly saying, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what's the best, like, where do you go from there? Right. We've all been in those situations where you say, I'm sorry, you messed up, up you did something to hurt someone by mistake or whatever. And you apologize and you apologize and you apologize and you apologize. Where do you go from there? Oh, okay. So a couple of you guys think that her apologies always seem empty and she isn't apologetic. She said to her brother, well, when she was on the phone with her brother, I think she was coming from a place of like anger. Like I'm so effing over this. How many more times can I just like cry and apologize and still feel like it's not enough? So I don't know. I mean, I think you can go both ways on this one. Taylor to me feels a little bit like an like she's she needs Taylor needs some sort of like therapy, I think. She needs to figure out like she needs to build her own self-esteem. Something happened, I think, with her um with her relationship maybe with Shep or from her before her childhood or whatever, which she needs to work on that. We've all been there, okay? We've all been there. But it's tough. You're on the same goddamn show. And it's it's a contractual issue. You're not choosing to go on vacation together. I don't think Taylor or Olivia would choose to be together on vacation at this moment. So where do they go from here? Which is tricky. It's tricky, the whole situation. I just think at the end of the day, they need to probably move on. But yeah, why is Olivia and Austin still so close? Austin said it in the show. He was talking to his sister and he was like, I don't get it. Like she, after Jamaica, we got home and we were texting and talking the entire time of the Oscars, feeling like everything was fine. Like we were totally close. And then the second later, they, you know, she, she's mad at me again. So it's so confusing to me, he said. It's good TV. I will tell you that. It's really good TV. Now, what did we think about Madison's dinner party with Paige and Craig? Guys, so I was watching this episode. I was watching this part with Lance, right? It was on the background. And Lance was like, uh, this doesn't feel like necessarily connected. Meaning Lance doesn't believe that Paige really loves Craig. Now, he's not just saying this because of 
you know, um, because of the show and the Craig stands. He's saying this because he really doesn't believe it. And I hate to say it. I think Paige really loves Craig, but if you don't know them at all and you're watching them in a vacuum, it doesn't feel like it when you watch these shows, right? She's the fact that she said to Madison, I've been down here ever, like so many times in the last year. And this is the first time I actually considered moving here was when she was at Madison's house, not for her boyfriend, right? Not for her boyfriend, but because she likes like Madison's lifestyle. But then at the same time, she's like, I'm not ready to get married. I mean, she's so straight up, like, I'm not ready to get married. I'm not ready to get engaged. It doesn't make sense to get engaged when I still live across the country from someone like I, or like in a different state. How can we get engaged and then not move in together? Where does this go? At what point does Paige realize maybe this is what needs to happen? Honestly, this is what needs to happen. Paige, Craig, you guys listening? I think Craig needs to break up with Paige or try to break up with Paige, right? And say, I can't do this anymore. I love you so much. I want to be with you, but this isn't going to work in this way. And then I guarantee you Paige is going to say, oh shit, let me make this work. Now the question is, how do you how do you do this without resenting the other person, right? If he gives her somewhat of an ultimatum, which is basically like either we get engaged and you move to Charleston in the next, you know, year, I'm making this up, or we say our goodbyes. And she's like, no, 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 I don't want to say our goodbyes. I'll move to Charleston. Who's to say that in three years when she's really annoyed with him because she's breastfeeding a baby, um, you know, and not sleeping at night and he's, he's doing his thing. And like, you know, they have just typical marriage stuff. Who's to say that she's not going to be like, F you, you made me come here. You made me drop my entire life to be a mom and a wife in Charleston. And, and you are sleeping when my, you know, uh, breasts are going through all kinds of like pain with this baby. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny to think about. I don't know. I, I truly believe that I would like to believe that they are very much in love. I do think she really loves him. I do. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that after the golden bachelor wedding special, the next one we'll get, hopefully will be a Paige and Craig wedding special. Would you guys tune into that? Think about the decor. Think about the costumes, the costumes, like it's like the Gilded Age, the outfits. Think about the outfits at a Paige DeSorbo Craig Conover wedding. Think about how it would look. It would be like architectural digest bride magazine shit. It would be amazing. So for a selfish reason, I hope Paige and Craig do get married. I would love to see their life together. I would love to see their babies together. I think they are absolutely adorable. Now, in somewhat sad news, we have a bachelorette divorce. Bachelorette alum, according to page six, by the way, I text myself articles before I do the live recording so that I can pull it up on my phone while I'm talking to you guys because this is all live, obviously. And I want to make sure that I have my information right. So I text myself articles and I texted Lance, uh, the article that says Bachelorette alum Rachel Lindsay's husband, Brian Abasolo, files for divorce. And he's like, what? Why'd you send this to me? Well, I wasn't trying to say anything. I was just trying to send myself content, Lance, if you're watching. Um, but yes, 
Bachelorette alum Rachel Lindsay's husband, Brian, files for divorce, listing, he's a chiropractor. He's, they submitted court documents to end their marriage Tuesday. So that's today, listing their date of separation as Sunday. Um, he cited irreconcilable differences and is requesting spousal support. They do not have any kids. This just comes a few weeks after Lindsay revealed the pair have been living totally different lives due to their drastically different career paths. She explained on the Vile Files podcast, I don't listen to it, that he works 12-hour days by himself while she has a lot more free time in her line of work. So we're just in two totally different places, she explained. She says they've tried working together, but it backfired, never a good sign. Um, she says, you got to protect the marriage and we just don't work well together. Not every couple can do that. They met and fell in love on season 13 of The Bachelorette, which was 2017. So they got engaged and tied the knot in August, 2019. So they've been together about four and a half years. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, relationships are obviously tough, right? And you're going to go through ups, you're going to go through downs, you're going to go through challenges. But if you are going through so many challenges, you don't even have kids, you're living very different lives, you're obviously not connected. It sounds to me like they had a very, very um, separate kind of lifestyle. She maybe, I don't know, the last time I saw her was at BravoCon because she was uh, doing a panel with Andy. But I didn't watch this season of The Bachelorette. So I don't have like a personal connection with Rachel or with Brian, I don't know. Um, but clearly something didn't, you know, work for the two of them. So I don't know. Um, but I hope for them that they're off to happier pastures, right? That's the only hope. Now, the next Bachelor Bachelorette that we're going to see in its entirety are Bachelor uh, Gary, Golden Bachelor, Gary and Teresa, who are planning on getting married on Thursday, January 4th is when we're going to be watching this wedding. Does it air Thursday, January 4th? Does it? Now, we found something out today, you guys. Do you know who's officiating the wedding? None other than Kris Jenner, lookalike Susan Knowles. Susan, former bachelorette or former Golden Bachelor contestant. Um, is that what you call it? Contestant? Like the one of the ladies in the house. So she posted on her Instagram. I saw it this morning. She posted, uh, I guess the secret is out. I'm officiating the golden wedding and I'm just beyond excited. And this is a picture of the three of them hanging out and, you know, loving life. Once again, Teresa's touching Gary. He's hardly touching her. Now, one of you guys were smart because we talked about this, their body language, New Year's Eve, and it wasn't very good, Right. It wasn't very good. But one of you guys on the Daily Dose of Donna Facebook group, which by the way, you guys should all join, had posted that there's a TikTok guy, I can't remember his name, who has this like kind of fake green line theory where he'll take a picture of a couple and he'll do this like triangle with green writing. And he'll it will talk about like body language and how connected they are and whatever. And so he like Taylor and Travis, for example, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are like the perfect connection. But Gary and Teresa do not pass the test. Like there's pictures of them and every single picture on New Year's Eve, he's standing like this, arms down. She's standing and like holding on to him on the side. I don't get it. I have no idea why, but um, their, their relationship is just odd. Now, three hours ago, Susan is text is, is um, 
DMing or um, Instagramming like crazy. Three hours ago, she posted a little video between her and Zip It. Zip It. Kathy. I think they're going to have a podcast. I think Kathy and Susan are going to have a podcast. I think that, um, you know, I mean, seriously, I'm not interested in Gary and I'm not interested in Teresa, but I'm interested in the rest of them. And I still believe, and I could be wrong, but I still believe that, I still believe that um, my girl Leslie is going to be the Golden Bachelorette. She isn't, she was in the hospital for her 65th birthday. She was posting something along the lines of having some sort of intestinal or bowel blockage. Really feel bad for her for that one. But I still think she is like the most viable from that crew. Tell me if I'm wrong. Zip it. Zip it, Teresa. And Teresa's like, huh? What? Zip it. Snap it. Bend it. Bend and snap it, zip it. Anyway, well, I will tell you that, you know, I can't wait to watch. Tonight is the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale. If you are dying to watch it, just like me, if you've been waiting, it's like, who cares about New Year's Eve? This is the this is the night we've been waiting for. This is the night where you pop out the caviar. It, this is the night, okay? What did Monica do? How did Heather get the black eye? What is the call that Heather gets out on the balcony in the Bermuda Triangle? We need to find out everything. I can't wait. It can't come here fast enough. I'm so grateful that I downloaded Sling TV so I can watch it at six. In LA time, I can watch it live with y'all. Looking forward to this. So tomorrow we'll be recapping that, of course. And anything else that comes up, um, thank you so, oh my God, Beth says, this phone call better be everything we've waited 1,500 episodes for. I mean, for real. Meanwhile, Lisa's son has already gone to Columbia for two years and came back on his mesh. And we're still waiting for the phone call. Jen Shaw has already gotten out of prison. Still waiting for the damn phone call. I love that show so much. Meredith is still in the bath waiting for it. It's so good, you guys. It's so good. Well, I love you guys. I appreciate all these comments every single day, all the hundreds of you that watch this live and then listen every single day. Once again, a reminder, if you have not, please do me a favor and leave a five-star review and a written review or five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It means the world to me. I entered... Um, 2024, number 60 on the TV and film charts. Let's pop it up. Let's take it up a notch. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you once again. See you tomorrow, dosers. Bye.